Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. Brought to you with Levi Solicitors. Levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball for your 10% discount on your legal fees. You may notice we sound a little bit more relaxed today. Dan with you, with Michael and Moscow Whites for Propaganda, the show where we find out what's been said about Leeds United by you and by the opposition. Final one for this season, mercifully for this season. And do how, are you doing? You doing Zen maneuvers? Is this is this yogic positions, Moscow? Meditating. Okay. Finally, um, relaxed enough to relax. Heads up! If you're a TSB Plus member, look out for propaganda extra in your podcast feed and on the website. You get bonus bits of propaganda, the stuff that we couldn't fit into this show. First, let's get the Leeds United fan opinion then off the back of our glorious victory at Brentford. We'll do the Brentford fans in mm-hmm. part two. Mm-hmm. Got some good stuff there. Nice. So lots of feelings at the weekend. Did you have lots of feelings? Um, there was all the same feeling, yeah. which was <sighs> bloody hell, eh? That was a bit close. Do you, do you feel happier now rather than relieved? What's the general mood now we are recording on Tuesday morning? Uh, well, you've you've just told us that Rafinha's been offered a new contract, and that, which I'm sure he will sign, mm-hmm. um, and that'll be the start of our glorious summer. Yep. So, yeah, much better. No, it's just, it's just still relief. It was nice waking up the morning after, and the first thing he thought was, I'm going, I'm not going down. That's <laughs> nice. That is nice. Because I know if we had, it would have been the first thing I thought of still. It yeah. would have been a, ah, oh, time to put a brave face on this. Yeah. Front it out for another few months. <laughs> Relief is probably, yeah. But glad that it we got there in a happy way as well. In the end, after seeing Everton get there big, avoided it, celebration and the party and Frank Lampard somehow managed to get so hammered within five minutes of the final whistle that he's in the dressing room going, like, ah, shut, shut, shut. Uh, Seamus he's amazing like how did he get so was he drinking during the match I don't know anyway but, but we got some of that I mean we had Jesse Marsh's video as well where it's like guys 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 so did that's you see, what everybody you, does now did you see the jump cut in that by the way the video in the dressing room it's worth going and looking at there's a very pronounced jump cut in that I want to know what they've cut out of that I'm fairly sure it's leading to a point about the fans it's like fuck the fans and they thought okay, I can't stay maybe, in Jesse maybe it was Gandhi Maybe so. Maybe Mother, so. Mother Teresa, you got you. You were asking for us to stay up. To the comments, then we've got loads, obviously, from our TSB Plus members. I'm going to start on this one from Rodrigo's tiny pants and tiny pants. They were just glad it's over. I think that those words, those four words, sum it up perfectly. Mm. I think it's been stressful. Yeah, as West Stand Ralph as well. I think is quite right to point this out for the Moscow said at the start as well that um, you said that a relegation fight would be more exciting than last season's ninth. 
Maybe that's the case, but I don't think my body can cope again. <laughs> and it was exciting. Yeah, we did kind of get what we signed up for when we came up, but, but the other way around, mm. of the um, the nail-biting last day, staying in the Division 17th place, fun and frolics, but also the ninth place cruising it, oh, we'll build for Europe next season. Just they, they went the other way around. And I suppose if you want to look at it through a, a COVID perspective, maybe it's better that fans were there for this you know if we'd had this at the end of last season there would have been the maximum 10,000 people against West Brom and still very kind of restricted on how people could enjoy it and experience it so we had the mid-table then when it didn't really matter um, in the sense of people being able there to experience it and here we got it so yeah it, we'll see how we go from uh, from here in the Premier League whether we get that kind of I've got those feelings again. Can't we just be mediocre just for one year? You say that, but I bet we come January and we're 10th and we can't get into Europe, we're not going to get relegated. Everyone's going to go, a bit boring, this, isn't it? We will say it's a bit boring. Which will be the same as the whole finish 17th, where it was like, as long as we finish 17th, everything's everything's fine. And then when we were 15th, it's like, get Bielsa out, sack everybody, burn the club down, everybody's got to go, this has to change. So it's kind of everything, the alternative always looks better, doesn't it? And then you just got to take what you get. Mm. And I think Sunday was a big sort of sense of taking what you can get, that we celebrate what we didn't do, which was get relegated. <laughs> a so. season to forget, but a last day to remember, says Howling Rick. That could be the uh, the DVD title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was the one before we went, or was it Was it the first season in the championship under Blackwell, or was it the, or was it the one before that when it was called something like, a few games, something to build yeah. on? It's I, a, I don't a fucking few know. wins, a few goals. <laughs> Nobody died. It's just like, oh, well, yeah. wasn't very good that. It might as well have been called. I am an owner of uh, the 1996-97 season review on VHS. <laughs> Goal fest. A, a hard watch. Was it 32 goals that season? I think so. Was it not 29? <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. We'll, we'll it was check. not It was not many. But you get to see all of Ian Rush's. Yes. yes. All three of those. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Philip. Open brackets, let's not do any of that again, please. Close brackets, Christ. Christ! What a fuck bag of a season, but we survived, so yo! I think that says. <laughs> Thank fuck it's over. Another uh, another name there as well, just pointing out closure as well and saying Bielsa from the great things he did for the club remain intact and we can now look to the future whilst treasuring his achievements. So I think it's important as well because I really did hate the idea that we'd just go back to it and... Luke Ayling and Stuart Dallas and Click and all the things that Calvin did in staying to get us up and all this. You sort of think you get to the end of it, you go, Really sorry, Calvin, you should have just you should have gone a few years ago. Like, <laughs> yeah. What have you been doing? You just wasted yeah. your time here, haven't we? Sorry about Villa that. Villa seemed to be having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean he had the, the nice England bit in the middle, didn't he? So it's it has been worthwhile. And there was fun times along the way, obviously, but you can't help but feel it would have been um it would have been like a really horrible bookend to the Bielsa era. And there's the um, impact as well. There's been a bit in the the paper from kind of civic leaders and business leaders pointing out that, you know, in a, a harsh economic environment, the city having a Premier League club and still having even just Premier League teams coming to hotels and using what the city has to offer and then the fans that they bring and tourists wanting to come and all that kind of stuff that um, Huddersfield no longer benefits from counts and um, losing after 16 years of uh, not having Premier League status to lose it within two. It'd have been annoying I feel. Yeah I mean there's always the thing of like we were probably better placed to come back than we were in 2004 because there's not the um, and we're better placed than Burnley for example. I mean the context back then was that 
we actually couldn't afford to sell players because it would have meant we lost money. It cost us money yeah. to sell players, such, such as the, the collapse in the transfer market and the way that the transfer fees had been leveraged against borrowing and stuff. It was mental, wasn't it? So the the opportunity for us next season to do a Fulham or to do a Norwich and just come back up was there, but it's a risk. And it's much easier to do your rebuilding in the Premier League, I think. And also, you don't have to go to Reading on a Tuesday night and it's not your 43rd match of the season. So glad about the midweek games. That's, that's <laughs> such a relief. Uh, Keith Ingham, hardcore square baller Keith. Um, I think it's uh, Keith's birthday as well, so if it is Keith, uh, many happy, happy returns. Just sums it up by saying, bloody hell, lads, don't they half put us through the mangle? They do. So very leads to leave until injury time to guarantee safety. I think... Us and Mars tits. Yeah, somebody... Uh, to yes, quote Ken Bates. Through the mangle. Um, somebody pointed out, I may have predicted it'll go to the very last minute of the very last game, but I, I mean, I'm going to fall back on the old stopped clock principle here that... <laughs> I mean, it didn't in a way. No. It would, we, it would have been nice if it did, wouldn't it? I know if, he if did Burnley score. Had, imagine if Burnley had scored and thought, oh, we're staying up. And then Jackie went and scored. That and would have been... It would have been unreal, but... I think I think the margins are a little too fine on that for my liking. Are you, was, just, are you just happy it happened? It was edgy yeah. enough as it was. There's a detail of well, as well of Thomas Frank stalking all his post-match interviews, whinging about um, it should have been disallowed for offside. To just shut you. <laughs> there, there was a horrible bit during the game, which we didn't touch on actually when because there was a slight lag in the stream and it was Canos had been, I think he was getting sent off at the time mm -hmm. and you were looking at your phone and you were talking about why he'd taken his shirt off and then there was a pause while you read something on your phone and you said a goal against Leeds and I thought they'd scored again but actually you're referring to Canos being <laughs> yes. booked for the being for scoring a goal against Leeds I and see. there was a, a little moment where my whole world just crumbled and I was yeah. like, Scored again. It's uh, just been tweeted to us, by the way. Somebody's pointed out in the Sun, I think it is, there's a little sidebar in the Sun suggesting that um, players shouldn't perhaps be booked for showing their man bra because they're covering the boobies. Which this is coming from the Sun, by the way. Yeah, ridiculous. Saying that, so if he hadn't been sent off, then Leeds might not have won and Leeds might have gone down. Free the nipple, I say. Absolutely, um, an absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Moscow shaking his head disapproving. It's the most ridiculous uh, bit of logic I think I've I do, ever seen. I do find the being booked for taking your shirt off thing a bit, a bit odd because you can take your shirt off quickly if you want. Like the idea is that it kind of delays things, but some players do other things that take forever. Yeah. Are you going on all you've been on holiday, haven't you? You're going on holiday like on in the summer. Mm -hmm. You should carry a yellow card to the beach. <laughs> Start walking around booking people as they arrive for taking the shirts off. Or did the judge make you stop doing that last time? Mm, not allowed, not allowed on. So on and so forth. Uh, Lee and Cheese says, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to enjoy a healthy, solid, fibrous, and anxious free poo for the first time <laughs> since Christmas. Uh yeah, it has been a bit like that, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. really, bit like that. I don't know what to do with the calm. That's the thing. It's Tuesday morning and Monday night. I know there were some games on, but there wasn't like a football match that was bothering me. Which there's been one every day, hasn't there? Basically, in the run up to this, yeah, and now it's just gone. Mm -hmm. The last few weeks of Wednesdays and Tuesdays and Mondays and Thursdays, and there's always a game, and particularly last week and even the days like Friday and Saturday when there wasn't a game, there was a, there was a, an impending match, and Sunday was always unavoidable, and it's the first time ages where I was like there's not actually I can't just like shove some random game on and pretend not to care how long was Sunday by the way as a whole like oh, from ridiculous. the moment of waking up just being like I went for a walk in the morning and then I went for and then I walked down here and spent the time listening to getting through my Jesse Marsh podcast library so I walked here listening to uh, Jesse Marsh on a podcast playing, called did you have to play him on double speed to get through it all I have actually I speed them up so I can um, I've, I've Tried to count it up. I think I've listened to somewhere near 15 hours worth of <laughs> Jesse Marsh podcast. It was the heroic mindset one that I was listening to. Have you uh, come out of it with clarity? <laughs> um, I've listened to them. Let's say that. I have listened with an open mind. Yeah. 
I want you to, are you being more of a son of a bitch now? I don't know. I just feel like I think you know it doesn't do any favors to to listen to that many um, in a compressed amount of time, but to get through them that's necessary. But I feel like I've heard the same stories of him like sleeping on Bob Bradley's couch when they went on the round the world trip so many times. Like you know, we didn't stay in a Hyatt, we didn't stay in a Marriott, we just slept on people's sofas. It's like well, Bob Bradley, the manager of Egypt, it's not you weren't slumming it. But yeah, I've heard that from so many different perspectives. So I'm just like I'm, my mind is filled with Bob, images Bob of sleeping. Couch. Jesse Marsh. Um, we'll get to Jesse Marsh in a minute, actually. Uh, Wisconsin Todd, just feedback on the match ball, says it was appropriately chaotic. An audio version of the adrenaline that was coursing through all of our veins. It was ridiculous. I mean, as I relayed my story of my journey back and forth to Flamborough and trying to listen on the radio in the car park here, but also watching it on a slight delay on the app on my phone. And it just, it was a very confusing day. Well, even, did we properly discuss how we watched Jackie's goal that we didn't see it? Because this the yeah, I think we did mention it the video, but did we talk about the replay that the replay completely like kept skipping? Yeah. <laughs> I can't. But that's well, I, I was sat in the car park, and the instant that went in, I went yes, and then I thought well, I can run in now and I can watch it on the stream and celebrate with you guys because this is the moment that we're staying up, and it was ruined by the fact that the stream went down, didn't it? Just and as he was putting it in, but you'd picked up on it on your phone, Moscow. We knew it had happened. It was just wanting to see it. And then when the replays came up and the bit of the replay with the actual goal on it just it wasn't got skipped. It wasn't having it, was it? So I eventually saw it later. A good good finish. It was, it was yeah. Very I mean, brave from Jackie. There was a big deflection on it. The XG on that chance, 0.02, by the way. So it only goes in 2% of the time. He did uh, the thing that it really needed in that moment, which was volley it low. Put your foot through it low. Low. Because mm. we'd already seen Furpo in that position, put it out of the stands. Um, Greenwood had one in the first half that was spectacularly over. Yeah, and it's so easy to do. And we know Harrison, the big criticism he always gets, even though he scored eight goals this year in 2022, um, is always like his, his final ball and stuff. He hit it low. And once it was low, it had a chance of going in and it worked. And well done him. Uh, Michael, you're the, max, the, the man for the accents, aren't you? Mm. Riley's comment there on the match ball feedback, the bottom one. Could you read that in Riley's voice, please? Where's it go? Melbourne. It's, yes, uh, the one in. I mean, I don't know regional Australian. It's going to be very much generic Australian. It's a bit like your Scots accent is very just generic drunk it's, Scotsman. It's isn't generic it? Scotsman. Melbourne yes. is neighbours. Melbourne. <laughs> what else is Melbourne. it called? Melbourne. It's Melbourne. It's Melbourne. 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 Melbourne, mate. Melbourne. It's six forty-five on Monday. The time of riding here in Melbourne. You're trying to fight off Tony Dorigo there, aren't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> and I had six hours sleep since Friday night. The match was a one a.m. kickoff here, and adrenaline kept me up. Kept me up. That's South Africa. That picker kept me up all night afterwards, <laughs> and right throughout the day at work, I'm getting delusional. But I fucking love you all. No idea how I'm going to survive this season. Not to mention the last two years of lockdowns without the podcast. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, and what does Riley get for for all that? The piss taken out. A of lovely, his accent. a lovely version of his accent which I'm sure is almost entirely accurate <laughs> and not apart from the little bit by Johannesburg <laughs> and not insulting at all Dan made me do it <laughs> this is it he's the worst of us <laughs> Jesse Marsh then uh, we had a, a few comments in about Jesse Marsh who let's face it has achieved what he was brought in to achieve despite his his own misgivings about coming in and doing it so we have to give him credit don't we job done yeah, and now and now yeah. is it is it clean slate? That's we did the Phil Hay show yesterday, but like we did it out of order this week because of the walk later on in the week. But by whatever means necessary, he's got us there. I mean, it's it's not been pretty at times, but um, it's is it now that we wipe the slate clean? I did think we were going down under Bielsa, and we haven't gone down. Yeah. And we've actually stayed up with more points than I thought we would get. 
and would need to stay up. I thought I thought we were probably about five or six points better off than I imagined we would be. So yeah, you've got to say fair enough. And, and he has turned it around in the last couple of games as well. I think the style of play and the width has returned and I think that's been far, far better to watch in the last couple of games. said so that to Phil yesterday, didn't I? Um, asked him, do you think he's learned in the last couple of games? Do you think so, Moscow? Um, yes. And so what point you want that's happened because you feel like if he'd done that for the Southampton and Palace games, if we'd played like that, we could have been done and dusted a few weeks ago. But we got there in the end and it's kind of, and again, the uh, this sounds like I'm giving him no credit and I don't mean it to, but the this is actually to his credit. The higher points total has things to do, I think, with the way that Burnley and Everton kept coming back from the dead. Yeah. So we needed a higher points total in the end. And so it's to his credit in that sense that we didn't just need uh, 32 points or something to stay up. The points total kept going up and he had to keep getting more and more points. And we got them. I think the thing with um, him having learnt and the, the whole like wiping the slate clean business is this, I've seen too much in what he's done so far that is the things that he likes and the things that he does at his other clubs. So as well as listening to his podcasts, I've been watching like his coaching webinars to learn, you know, what style of play he favours and watching New York Red Bulls games and watching that goddamn uh, Red Bull documentary. And bear in mind, like, I hate everything about Red Bull. So I've been putting myself through to try and learn what it is, in the, but there's a lot in that that he's been trying to do with us and I don't think it's going to be a case if you know next season we'll we'll stick with the last two games I think it'll be he'll try and make that work properly and I think if Brendan Aronson is a Jesse Marsh player absolutely suits what he does and he if Rafinha goes Aronson will probably I don't know if he'll take the shirt number but he'll be the player who takes over from Rafinha as this attacking creator but he's a narrow player it'll be too tense Brandon Aronson will come in to do a, a narrow job. So I think just because with in the end he realised with suited what this team needed now because that's what the team had, I think we'll see probably something closer to what he was trying to do next season. I'm intrigued to see if he, if he moves away from any of the Red Bull ideas because he's been in that group for a while and he's described himself as a company man and it feels like from listening to, I've not listened to anything like as much as you, but it feels like at some point he sat down with Ralph Ranick and went, yeah, I'm going to do all that. And not necessarily all that much of it is necessarily his own idea. It's kind of, he's been taught how to do this particular system and he's been, and he's been trying to do it. But maybe if he's outside of that model, he can go, oh, just maybe, maybe he's, maybe these players are better at wide. I mean, maybe you, that's, maybe you, that's You'd worry about a coach who didn't continue to learn and evolve his style as well, mm. wouldn't you? Like if you look at what Ranick's done at Man United, we just tried to fit the, the template to them twats and it's not worked at all is it? they're just not interested and there was no it. need to evolve it until he got to the Leipzig and it didn't work because it was successful yeah prior but that's to what that. he tried yeah but all he tried to do at Leipzig was try to do it mm. and there but it was a, still within the Red Bull group though wasn't it I but mean, then Leipzig have changed mm. so Leipzig have moved away from the Red Bull ideal and Marsh came in but just don't before you move on he's asked about this on one of the podcasts from I think it's must be the season last season I think it's at He's at Salzburg speaking to some American podcast and they ask him, they say, listen, you're really associated with this style of play, um, this aggressive attacking Red Bull style. Is it because that's the Red Bull way? Is it because that's the players you've got? Is it something or is it is this what you really believe in? And his answer is, and I quote, it's the right way, baby. Okay. So I take from that that he really, 
he believes, and he goes on to explain it, he really believes in this style of play that he has at, at Red Bull and on some of his other podcasts, he talks about Bob Bradley and working with him in the United States national team, which is before he entered the, the Red Bull world. That, that was some of the, some of those ideas were there. And then when he got to Red Bull and Ralph Rangie was talking about it, it's like, oh, this is what we've been doing in the men's national team with Bob Bradley of like this um, high turnover, high pressing, winning, um, aggressive, win the ball in their half around their penalty area and score. So it's something that he's really gone to. And it's also what Angus Kinnear said he was coming in to do of like this aggressive pressing thing is the perfect way to evolve from uh, Marcelo Bielsa's style of football. So I think everything points toward next season we'll go narrow and we'll try doing that with his players, with, with best players who are better suited to it. Maybe it will look a lot better than it has done with like 25 wingers um, all trying to work and no, out how and to no play the middle. I think I, I wasn't going to move on. I was actually just going to sort of uh, filter some comments into it. Like Nathaniel says, I know you've had your anti-Marsh agenda for weeks, but I was still very disappointed for years to give him pretty much no credit for getting us to an incredibly unlikely 38 points and doing his job. Give him some praise for fuck's sake, lads. And then a couple further down, we are staying up. Says, come on, lads, if you were told that Marsh would keep us up with 38 points, you'd be buzzing. So why are you giving him so little praise? He said it himself that he's had to compromise on his style to grind out points, which he's done. I hope you credit his uh, brilliant job in the next pod. He deserves it. But then the next one under that, someone give Greenwood a razor. Glad Jesse listens to your podcast and let the lads play wide because we looked much more confident and he actually and we actually created chances. And uh, fingers crossed he gets rid of his Red Bull skinny wiener formation next season. I think the, the truth is that it's, it lies somewhere in the middle, doesn't it? Is that there have been genuine, I think, fair criticisms of what he's come in and tried to do at points this season. But he is also due a lot of praise for whether it's, you know, he's evolved the style or learned or changed it slightly to accommodate these players. He did it and he got us over the line. So I think full full credit to him for for doing it within the 12 games and us having enough to get over the line. And I think, yeah, 38 points now looks, it looks really good and it, credit to him. It's for going that. over something I said yesterday, but just to go over the the wins he's had though, I suppose, that's I guess that's where the concern comes from because it was, we almost threw it away against Norwich. We were pretty shit against Watford until the last 20 minutes when they gave up. And then we'd beaten a 10-man Wolves team and a 9-man Brentford team. So there's not, there aren't really any good performances in there. Is I think, the okay, the, well, so the best way to describe it is maybe there's a lack of a body of evidence that the style works. However, what we've done has been enough to get us over the line. Mm. So he, he definitely, this is what I'm talking about a clean slate and what you were on about there, Moscow feeds into it. So when he's got his players and a chance to bed the ideas in, we can then, from the start of next season, with all that stress, the stresses that he's talked about being removed, wipe it all clean. Now's your chance to go yeah. and be Jesse Marsh. And I think we'll be fine. Like, I, I would be surprised if we were lower than mid-table next season with him doing what he wants to do. I don't have an agenda against him. I don't think it's such a weird way of looking at things. I've said quite often that he's just not really my type of guy. You know, we've had lots of managers here who have not been my type of guy and we still turn up and I, I hope we win. I lived through Dennis Wise being our manager for example. I mean, God, we had, a, we had a summer where we all agreed Steve Evans should probably keep his job. Just Even though I, I hated just his because guts. Well, we all hated him, yeah, basically. He's a convicted fraudster. But we all went, well, who else is going to fucking have I it? think yeah. so. Well and, and then there's also like, the style of football doesn't appeal to me. Like, it's not, like, I hope it works and I hope we will win, but it's not going to be, it doesn't appeal to the things I, like, so that's just, that's just me and that's and just think, the way I feel about things. With the credit part, and I was even saying this in, uh, the Chelsea match, I like the fact that he has been flexible in the last few weeks. When Chelsea, we played them and we were, um, or was it the Man City game first, when we went three at the back and with essentially five before it became so ridiculous that Rafinha was right wing back. It was like, cool, 
it's a different formation. It's something I always kind of missed under Bielsa was seeing a team at two o'clock on Saturday and going, oh, I wonder, I wonder how this is going to work mm. out. I wonder where, where that player's going to play there. I like that about him. I like, and he does use different formations to kind of achieve the similar ends, the style of play that he prefers. But there's that kind of um, something a bit more responsive. I really loved and admired Bielsa's attitude of, no, we just play the way we play and we make them worry about us. But I also can see the the benefits and the credit in reacting to what the other team might do and having a plan that suits game from game. It's all, it's just mm. different things. And I, you know, I, I don't have to like him. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I was going to say, I, I, it, that just because he doesn't appeal to me personally doesn't mean I don't want him to succeed and win loads of games because I just want to turn up on Saturday and see Leeds win every game 10 nil. It'd be perfect. I said to Phil yesterday when we recorded the Phil Hirsch show, do you think he just suffers from being not Bielsa? And that's true as well. That's a true, mm. a truism built into this that, Bielsa was, in many ways, he's, he's like the sacred cow, isn't he? You almost can't criticise him because he's such a wholesome character. But his football wasn't without really, really obvious flaws, particularly towards the end. But in terms of his character, he's almost untouchable, isn't he? So we've kind of elevated the position of Leeds United yeah. manager to almost untouchable deity now. So these, so people are saying, you've got an, an anti-Marsh agenda. No, I remain unconvinced, but I've got an open mind as to what happens here. Mm. Because I, I think the, fo- the football's been quite difficult to watch. But he's got us there, and I'm absolutely delighted. Essentially, I've yeah. been unconvinced by every Leeds manager yes. for, the, for the last 20 years, yes, in the it. main. like, We're, There's not been many I've been like, even even the good times like under Grayson, there were many points under Grayson, you were like, just sort the fucking defence out. Yeah. Like, what on earth is this? And I think it's easy to fall into a trap with Bielsa as well, because it was so attractive. And we still, like you, you were saying about you know the number of chances that we created against Tottenham despite losing 4-0. It kind of mashed our brains a little bit, didn't it? Because we were still creating lots of stuff going forward, but ridiculously porous at the back. A bit like you know, like Keegan's Newcastle were, wasn't it? It was like flawed mm-hmm. genius almost. Yeah. It's part of the sadness of Bielsa going. I think so there's still, um, so there's still a lot to love. But even though it was leaving us ridiculously weak at the back, yeah, we um, we're back to being ordinary. And I think um, I wonder how Man City. I mean, it's funny you listen to those like City extra kids and they're like criticizing Pep Guardiola for doing X and Y and like. I mean, Pep Guardiola's track record, you almost can't really criticise him because you know he's probably right in the end. And so it's really difficult and you only get those managers quite rarely. I think Bielsa was one where he just was elevated to this point of view where he's he's so transparent in what he's trying to do and so clear and it's so kind of the results are what they are until this season. But there's kind of just that feeling of, yeah, you can't criticise it. And, it. and it held everything together so that everything became this weird kind of untouchable pearl. This is much more like, now he's gone. This is recognisable, isn't it? It's much more like <laughs> football before Bielsa came here, which isn't just like the contrast from Heckingbottom to Bielsa. It's, a, it's you know, all the years the culture, I've ever it's been the culture, a football isn't it? fan. Yeah, yeah. Where the players are either brilliant if they win or they're all absolutely terrible if we lose. No matter win, lose or draw, the manager is an idiot who always picks the wrong team and the board of directors are a bunch of tight asses who couldn't organise a piss up in a brewery. That's football. Yeah, that's football. You get somebody like Bielsa. I'm not putting him in the kind of the achievement bracket of Pep Guardiola, or it's interesting that Pep Guardiola puts him in the same bracket as him when he talks about him. But you get those for a while where you just kind of like it everything. transcends it, doesn't it? That's yeah, the, I've used the word transcend. Yeah, it, it lifts it out of that, and it and it works for everybody. Like you couldn't, you wouldn't criticise the board while Bielsa was here. Because everything is just kind of just working in this incredible way where you're just like, you, you almost, you can't touch it. This is just normal now, where it's like you just, every single game, the manager 
Yeah, so that dickhead just picked the wrong team on Saturday. And that's how I'm very much more used to understanding football. So it's kind of like a, it's not a anti-Marsh thing. It's a, this is how I've always followed football and understood the game to be. I think it'll look more normal next year as well, insofar as I completely expect them to expand the squad so there is more cover. There is like-for-like cover in positions. so More square pegs in square holes. So it isn't a case of going, right, okay, well... You know he's injured, so they move from midfield. They got a left back that all that all moves around. We'll have the striker on the bench. So when we're losing games, you'll just stick another striker on, which is what most teams, which is what most teams do. But again, quite normal. Yeah. Just stick a big man up, stick someone quick on. That's the, the this kind of standard football team trying to score a goal move, isn't it? Just put someone quick on, put someone big on, get it in the box, get them to run over the, get them to run in behind, and we'll probably do stuff like that. Yeah. Rather than, and sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't. Rather than bringing like Alioski <laughs> on at left back to change a game, or yeah. Tyler Roberts on at number ten, it'll be um, it it might in some because in some ways those things were bloody frustrating under Bale. So we we idealise it, but sometimes you make subs and you'd be like, just put fucking Gelhart on, please. Yeah, like we need a goal there. Stop bringing Tyler Roberts on, or stop bringing Rodrigo on, someone who has zero goal threat. Yeah, and I'm so, looking, I'm looking forward to those aspects. When I say Marsh's football doesn't really appeal to me sort of as a concept, I can see the, the things in it that are good where when we do win a ball high and within eight seconds it's in the net, what an exhilarating rush. If we keep doing that next season, it works. Fantastic. We'll score loads of goals and it'll be great. And I'm interested and sort of moderately optimistic that that is going to be quite successful for us. So, you know, I am looking forward to seeing what it's going to be like next year with new players. If we get Brendan Aronson, it looks new, exciting, young, fresh, different player, different style. Let's see what he can do. I'm looking forward to seeing some of these things. Yeah, it's a new chapter. It's a new chapter, isn't it? Yes. That's that's the thing. And we can be excited about that. I think now we've got that 12 games out of the way, we can probably just consign that to history and never speak about it again. And this is the start point for me for Marsh. And what I do like is that the players have said on record that he's come in and made them believe more like he's, he's lifted their spirits so if that's all they needed to get us over the line to dig out that performance against Brentford then brilliant I think yeah. I mean the whole uh, the, the Gandhi gate thing started with Jack Harrison saying how good that was so he showed us a, uh, a quote from Gandhi before the match and that, that got us going admittedly then the first, the first 10 minutes we conceded yeah. two and another player sent off but, um, but he was happy about it and then so sort of our opinions on it, the way, you know, if I think it's a bit cringe, I actually thought it was fine myself because people do that kind of thing. They show yeah. quotes to people. I think the problem is, is probably being a little bit overexposed in the running and you almost wish you could have said to him, don't do any interviews whatsoever until now. Until yeah. now, now we're safe. Now you go do all that and, and talk about how you achieved it and that's fine. I think it's just because all our anxieties about staying up were transferred into every little aspect of what he did and yeah. people were saying and, and there is, uh, he, yesterday, he managed to fit in another podcast interview between <laughs> Sunday and Tuesday, um, where he's talking about the xenophobic reaction to him. And he can't say anything as an American, particularly talking about the, the Man City 4-0 felt like a, a win thing. But there has been coverage in America itself of people saying, Jesse, you're being a bit too American. You need to just dial <laughs> it down a bit over there because we are hearing loads and loads of Jesse Marsh on this side of the pond. And you're kind of making us look a little bit bad. You need to just, like, all this Gandhi stuff, we're hearing too much Jesse Marsh. Where, why have you suddenly but that, that taken was, it to 11? But as you just said, that that wasn't his fault. That was just Jackie letting it slip, you know, like, in, in an but interview. Then, yeah, but in general, whether yeah. it was, there's been a couple of sort of roundups of kind of all the, the 
interviews he's been doing and all the things he's been saying since he's moved to Leeds and people in America. So it's not about him. It's not English people saying, oh, this, this Ted Lasso thing, which when people do say is out of order. And I, whenever the Daily Emails, there was a match report the other week where it opened, I think it was the Telegraph opened with like Ted Lasso. I was like, right, that's the opening line. So I'm not even going to link to it. I'm not even going to tell you what the rest of it says because it's not worth reading if that's their opening, if they can't think of anything better. I think we said right at the start, we will defend him against all of that because it's unfair. But back in America, there are people also saying like, you know, you're, you are our coach in the Premier League and you, you could maybe be a little bit less American than you are being at the moment. So it's, um, um, he maybe could do with some self-reflection, which I, I think he is also a fan of. <laughs> could we? That's the question. Him. Let's get quickly back to this because we are going to end up running extremely long on this otherwise. Leeds players who've been mentioned in the feedback. Sam Greenwood, Joffy, Calvin, Rodrigo, Rafa, Cock, all picked out for uh, for a number of reasons. Can I start with Cock? Um, my name is Dan Moylan and I love Cock. says, uh, we need to talk about how well our German right-back played. Isolated for the goal, but otherwise Cock was very solid. If he can stay fit, he'll be very big next year. Very good. Excellent. Uh, he is, I've liked I didn't him. get that when I read it. <laughs> Got it now. <laughs> I've, I've liked him at right back I have to say I, although I don't want to see him play the next year although he did he did completely drift off Canos like he looked at Canos if you yeah, watch the did. replay he looked at Canos and he's like oh you're there and then he just sort of drifted towards the ball just took a few steps and then Canos took a few steps backwards and there was just enough stood, of a gap he yeah. was stood where a centre back would stand wasn't yeah. he which is hopefully where we'll play next year because he's never got a decent run has he because he's had so many injuries and I guess he's with Cooper coming back as well, he's just not ever got to play in his preferred position, has he? So We need to laugh, just take a momentary detour towards Canos, by the way. People laughing at, um, well, Ginger Paul in Glasgow says, can we talk about how much that little bleached bastard turned the game and then turned it back again? Hilarious, wasn't it? You, mean, you, do, you do hear of um, arsehole bleaching as a thing, isn't it? In the, um, in the adult film industry, so maybe that's what they've done for Canos. <laughs> wow, what an image. <laughs> yeah, he was... Um, he was good, wasn't he? And, did, and he laughed about it afterwards on, on social media as well. He did a little, I'm never taking my shirt off again. Ha ha ha. I've just cost my team um, thing, which was good. That seemed, and he's, he's leaving anyway, I think, isn't he? Oh, is he? I think he's out of contract. Oh, right. Okay. So I think, I think that was kind of his last act. Because they, they can't get away quick enough, can they? When they're well, given the chance. Uh, who else then in the, in the Leeds mentions that we want to mention? Um, Rodrigo getting... Uh, Keep it positive. <laughs> okay, not Rodrigo. Greenwood, yes. No one has expected him to play in that position, and he did well. So, and he, Greenwood is one definite feather in Marsh's cap, actually, because yeah, yeah. he has he has used him, and he looks useful, and in, in not necessarily in the way we thought he would either, because he's yeah. playing Biel- in the deeper role. Yeah, the four one four one that Bielsa used to play. We always felt like there was a bit of shoehorning going on there. We know with the number ten roles, like Rodrigo never seemed to quite fit it, or number nine, or whatever it is mm. that he's trying to achieve. And then yeah, you saw like. Greenwood played a little bit there, didn't he? And interchanged with Joffe on occasions earlier this season. So it seems like he's found a more natural fit maybe in um, in whatever Jesse's doing. And Joffe as well, getting a bit of praise from Cy Taylor. Um, so he's a proper backup striker for, striker for next season. Took the goal so well and we look so much better with him on. He's great, isn't he? It feels like he's just quietly growing into mm. being like proper first team material, I think, maybe for... For this next season, we should go in from see him maybe going from like ten appearances up to sort of twenty or something like that. Yeah, and and given that it's a system that has potential for two strikers as well, it's got to be good news for him because under with Bamford fit under Bielsa, you knew essentially you were not going to play, and I don't think I don't think they do the same job either. So it was never it was never an obvious case under Bielsa's system that he would come in instead of Bamford because he he's not 
just not the same sort of player. He's magic, though, isn't he? You can maybe see with his um, his little lack of pace as well, mm. of like him trying to do what Dan James does in attack, chasing down whoever is maybe not his thing. The um, chances in the box. But I was going to say, uh, actually, if, if you watch that, um, the Brighton skill that, that led to the equaliser, one thing I don't think we picked up on at the time was the speed at which he did it. It just seemed like he was taking all the time in the mm. world and mm. it just seemed like the most natural, easy thing for him to do to just stop that ball right by the byline. You've got no space, you've got no time. It's the highest pressure situation of the season. You're into injury time and it felt like he was just a kid in the park, just trapping the ball, lifting it over his mate's leg, scooping it up to the back post. Oh, we've scored a goal. Mm. I did yeah. see a point. He's um, brilliant. friend of the podcast, Max Winkler, did notice that he's had his teeth done as well. Got really gleaming white teeth all of a sudden as Joffy, so that's nice yeah. for him. The other thing that will help him next season as well is five subs. So mm. there's much more opportunity for changes, which it just occurred to me that um, on Sunday when, uh, oh yeah, went down, injured and had to come off, the Brentford could have just brought another player on. So that'll be different next season as well. Thomas Frank won't have to be going mad. And I hadn't realised it was only realising later, I wasn't sure what Marsh was doing but he was on camera like putting his palms up and pointing down the pitch and I thought I thought he was like saying 10 minutes left you've got to score <laughs> and but then I was looking at the clock it was like 20 minutes left like this doesn't make any sense but he's actually he's trying to tell our team that they only had 10 players yeah 10 players that them they've only got 10 they hadn't all realized they hadn't realized did they it's crazy it's funny how um just mad it it got and then uh, <laughs> people not realizing uh Old uh, Canos have got a red card as well, so it's just. Mm-hmm. If we're if we're talking Leeds players, by the way, just if if you're wondering where the Rafinha chat is, it's in Heroes. He's well nominated within that, so uh, we'll we'll discuss him then. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, and if you're wondering where the Rodrigo chat is, it's in <laughs> Villains. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and just tidying up the stuff. Then the miscellaneous uh, bits of feedback that we got. Start of a massive rebuild. Uh, Graham Turville says need lots of change in the summer one or two signings really not going to f- fix our lack of quality and that's that's fair comment part of the reason why Angus Kinnear said over the last year or two that there's a 50% chance of going down in your first two seasons is because uh, you can't evolve your squad fast enough inside two years that's why there's such a high risk but get to your third year and then the wealth of being in the Premier League is kind of bedded in a little bit and you can then afford to kind of kick on for your third year so I think hopefully we Angus Kinnear promised 500 million in the third season is that correct I think that's what, that's that what he said, I might he be, said it was minimum spend minimum, didn't he? I, yeah. I might be you know we turn the, slightly the record, misquoting we, it we would turn the recording <laughs> off at that point had we yeah, yeah I think so yeah, yeah. Well, more or less fair. unlimited cash <laughs> it's all Bielsa's point as well when he was arguing with people about transfers in press conferences he'd say look to, to, to buy better players than what we have Needs to be thirty million pound, forty million pound players, but and, and it, at the moment we can't get into that bracket. Yeah, after two seasons, it should be, and it was kind of what they always, you know, there was the two year plan. We we buy in the first summer, and then we get safe, and things kick on after. I mean, it was the Liverpool game where we got trounced three nil, and Radrich Sani was on the side of the pitch saying, you know, from next season we start to build towards Europe. So everything from this summer should now be starting to build towards Europe, um, and that means that next bracket of players so that when you are going for a left back you're not looking for a 15 million pound furpo you're looking for a 30 million pound furpo furpo <laughs> yeah Rajazani on the pitch a gets, a, gets a mention actually from Cy Taylor saying the classy move would have been to let the players and the manager have their moment alone on the pitch I didn't agree with his pitch invasion mm. yeah, I, yeah. It's, hard to, it's hard to disagree with that but equally I don't really find it offensive it's like you enjoy it whatever 
It's 50-50, isn't it? Because it depends who's looking at it from which direction. If you're a fan and you don't like him, then obviously you don't want him running around the pitch, sort of taking any of the limelight. Same thing with Victor Orta. If you are Frederick Zani or Victor Orta and you're standing at the side of the pitch and there's Stuart Dallas and Luke Ayling, who you've been working with for four years, you want to go over and congratulate them. So maybe the self-control would have been nice and you you have those moments with those players later. I mean, but you say adrenaline's that. adrenaline. The interesting test would have been had we gone down, would they have gone over <laughs> to soak up the applause of the away fans? Would they have gone over and said, thank you for your support? Yeah. Or would they have gone, yeah, fuck this, let's get out of here? Although, I mean, we say you might not want to see them. Um, we didn't see Kinnear, did we? It was just Rad- uh, Radrazani and, and Orta. Mm-hmm. Would you have been averse to seeing Kinnear down there on his BMX doing laps around the Brentford Community Stadium? disrupting their lap of appreciation even further. Because <laughs> have you seen the footage? We'll get onto the clips of the uh, away fans in a bit, but when they're all screaming, boo, fuck off, when Rafa was going on his knees and uh, they're all trying to sing Hey Jude and appreciate Canos for being sent <laughs> off and things. It was great. So if we could have had Kinnear down there doing bunny hops mm. uh, while they were trying to walk around to Hey Jude, that would have been fun, I think, don't you? Anything that spoiled their day, that was kind of the uh, the other big part of the payoff is um, how pissed off Brentford were that they just I don't think they ever actually got to do their lap of honour in no, the No they, they did they did, did they? Yeah there is a there's a um, a vlogger whose name escapes me at the oh, minute okay. uh, who I was kind of expecting to see you know the commentary inside the stand where they put the camera on their own face and stuff and it wasn't it was just footage of the uh, of the game so I ended up was watching Was there that. anybody left? Yeah because so, the, it, I did see the reason I thought it hadn't happened was I, I saw some Brentford fans saying that they just got so pissed off with what Leeds were doing <laughs> that they went home and now it's even better actually that because they didn't wait they missed it Oh, okay. On Hey Jude, actually, maybe finish on Jelly. He says, uh, the missus took the baby boy out whilst we watched the game. She came back to me, my eldest lad, at six, and my dad dancing around the room to Hey Jude at full volume in a front room full of empty Stella cans and an empty bottle of Glaver. Do you say it? It's a whiskey anyway. Um, she was fucking livid, but still congratulated us through gritting teeth. This fucking club. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
We've heard from the Leeds fans in part one. Let's find out what the opposition fans thought, shall we? Mm. Did they have a nice time? Uh, not really. Not really. They didn't like it before the game either. They've... Shall we start with, with the, the written word rather than hearing audio clips? I mean, this is about audio clips, but we do have some uh, some written feedback on... Was it what we said in our Brentford preview that, that rubbed a few of them up the wrong way? Yeah, it was on Griffin Park. Org, which is a forum. I should say in, in the defence of the good people of griffinpark.org, a huge amount of people were just saying like, it's fine. Just, just three idiots taking the piss. They're just fucking about yeah. sort of thing. Like, don't stress about this. Why it's is, football. It's too important to fuck about. Why on earth would you? But they were really cross. Someone saying, uh, we are dickheads to everybody. Something to be really proud of there. Well done. Which is, which is, our, which is our mantra. That is, we, are, we, are, we are dickheads to everybody. That's kind of the point of the show, isn't it? Vermin. Absolute vermin. It's, it's not real, though, is it? It's only a game. I'm amazed they made it to 275 freaking episodes without somebody punching their lights out. Or have they? It's funny, that, isn't it? It's funny that the only the only set of fans that seem to have felt this way is just these lot. <laughs> just these lot. And also, I actually want to fight somebody because they said mean <laughs> things about Brentford on a podcast. Because <laughs> we, we made, punched those people. We said their stadium was a bit small. Wow, I'm going to kill him. And Lego... It's a huge success. It's yeah. one of the 20th century's most forward-thinking companies, and I would love to be compared to. Yeah, Lego. So, so for building, so to build a full football stadium out of it is is great. Change the world, that stuff. You've misrepresented the injury crisis we've had prior to Christian Eriksen arriving at the club. Outside, I'm going to knock your head off. Um. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's either that that they want to fight over, or it's someone being a hard man on the internet forum. What I love it is this this bizarre. Is it trying to? Claim territory? Is it trying to have an edge? Is it it's trying to claim some sort of angle on things? Just listen, smile. And although the one with the Easter egg head is a lot more bothered by it being... Is that you, Michael? I can only uh, assume so. Uh, is a lot more bothered by it being us possibly sending them down than he's prepared to admit. I didn't want to go down. Certainly not to Brentford, because it's a League One club, is it? Uh, yeah, exactly. It would have been pretty embarrassing. Yeah. It would have been, yeah. It would have been um, like when we lost at Hereford in that mm. League One time. Yeah. That sort of... A... It's Histon repeating itself, isn't it? <laughs> And the uh, the melt in the yellow T-shirt. That's you, Moscow. Where is where is your Oxfam wardrobe? Was that just a? Kind this of... is this. I got this from a charity <laughs> shop. Square ball T-shirts are. Uh, since people read what they've been saying about us on the Griffin mm. Park forum, they've just been uh, handing them in, in droves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to be seen dead in this stuff anymore. The melt in the yellow T-shirt, stating that they could help demolish our old stadium. Fuck me! Little Red Riding Hood could knock his lights out. Probably could, but that's why I would pick a fight with a rickety old stadium instead yeah. of a little girl it's not going to hit your back is it no yeah. I, I think I could probably you know like smash a plastic seat up given like a couple of hours but um, I don't think me versus Little Red Riding Hood is necessarily we're not going in the ring anytime soon so, no beef no beef with Little Red Riding Hood no no. Uh, now there are three individuals who will never have sex with anyone but themselves the guy with the head shaped like a butt plug <laughs> yeah I guess me <laughs> although my head's not shaped like a butt plug it's wide at the top yeah, that's, I mean, if it's, it's that's you, I mean, that's, that's you need, quite a good you need, thing. You need a more, you need a more a conical end on it. Yeah, you want, you want say, is conical the correct word? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a tapered end on it, yeah, I would you, say. You don't want to be going in full, no, full width, do it's you not for, It's not for me anyway. That's that, true, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's blunt, blunt force <laughs> trauma. It's <laughs> <laughs> my head. What? what an image. What a dreadful image. Do you wake every morning knowing that your only chance of intimacy is being used as a giant sex toy? If, if only I had that hope. <laughs> as, a, as a married man, etc., etc. <laughs> How many kids have you got, though? Two. Likewise? Twin, twins, though, so only one, only, right. one, only one lot of sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there we Which go. It's a bit of a shame. So, as I mean, as I mean, Brentford do like to be very factually accurate, we found out from, 
from their that media. Is, that but is true. It's, so, got be, it's got to be true. Hasn't it's got it? to be true. So yeah. So just just for the record, Michael has procreated once to make two children. Mm-hmm. I've had two. So pretty no, no kids here. So sadly accurate. Yeah, oh, they, they got me banged to rights. Have you ever used a head as a butt plug? Well, it's not. It's not got the uh, the Easter egg shape though, has it? <laughs> we could get you a swimming cap and give it a go. <laughs> If anyone wants to, I'd say you've got the smallest head of the three of us. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud, Swede owner. I've yeah. got. I mean, I've got a huge head. <laughs> it's the last thing you need. Uh, is there actually? Is there a, a bag of chocolate buttons inside there? <laughs> should, there is. Should we smash it open? Like the, resistance. We've to, already tried uh, it with Phil Hay. Yeah, I was going to say the, the me trying to resist going full Phil Hay on your head is. Uh, <laughs> give it a good. Tough. Give it a shake later. See if you can hear it rattle. I mean, it's, it's, they stapled him back together, so mm. you'll survive. <laughs> Probably. Right. Um, who are we going to uh, hear from right now, then? Besotted. Oh, noted for banter, liking their humour. Uh, we haven't really heard from them since your sort of pre-Christmas bouts. Well, I was off with COVID and you got a lot of beef with these. But... It wasn't really, but it was so strange, wasn't it? Mm. The, the, the mildest, most obvious, lazy tropes and jokes, but, you know. Oh. Um, managed to avoid them until their uh, match reviews. Anyway, uh, so what, what have they got to say then? Um, I mean, great bunch of lads that they are. Being nice to begin with. Oh, bless them. So I've got to say as well, because we do the manners, like I said to you, we got respect, we got fans, and we know from all over the country, we've got, I've got Leeds mates as well, you know, stuff like that. And I say respect to Leeds, and fair play to Leeds for, for staying up this season. That game was a wicked game today. They gave the fight, they got the goals, they got the win. And we say respect to Leeds, and fair play to Leeds for staying up this season. And they're here again next season, so we go again, as they say. So you've got to tip your hat to Leeds United for fighting that, because they could have gone down without a battle, and they battled us today. They got the win today, OK, we had nine men, but that doesn't matter, because we flopped it. Sergi Canos should not have done what he did. We had the injuries, we, did, we, had, the, we had the substitutions, and they played the game and they got the win, and that's all you have to do. So fair play to Leeds for actually getting uh, get, getting their, uh, their, their, their Premier League status again. Oh, executed beautifully in the end. Yeah, yeah. we got that. Um, nice. I just want to check before you get into that, Moscow. Do you say please and thank you? Uh, yes. Uh, Michael, do you hold doors open for people if you're going through them before them? Always. Manners and respect. Moscow, do you help old ladies cross the road if they need a little bit of assistance? I mean, generally, I try, but they threaten me and they want to knock me out. It's like Little Red Riding Hood part two, so I just just let them get on with things. It's it's politer to leave people be. Tell you how polite I am. Someone asks me to smear a tub of Vaseline all over my head and get involved, (laughs) I will do it. Because that's what manners. That's what manners is all about, about, isn't it? It's yeah. good. It's, uh, I think the uh, the role of Emily Post in uh, in modern football has been neglected, but some um, etiquette lessons are. It's good to be keep those involved, isn't it? Well, it was nice to hear from Besotted there, being very magnanimous and getting, getting the essentially the caveat in as well ahead of hating Leeds, doing that. A lot of my best friends are Leeds fans, which is always <laughs> a good a good way of starting something <laughs> something that you're going to trash later on. Yeah. So it's not about that. Uh, however, this is a personal attack, right? So anyway, um, so here's, here's Rafa leaving. The, well, Rafa's not. Li- of, he's not leaving. He's the not pitch. leaving the pitch. He's kind of walking. He's in the process of leaving, but he's doing his his knee thing. Which, which by the way, they've got no right to get upset about that because that was him communicating directly with God. Yeah, he'd made a. Um, if people haven't had the full reveal of what that's about, it's saying thanks to God that it's basically if you if God grants me this wish, I will walk on my knees um, to, to to thank the deity. So he's having, yeah, he's communicating. It's a little religious experience with Rafinha. And he was booed for it, was he? Which I think feels 
I think that's not that's not manners, isn't it? Disrespectful. I mean, yeah. you you wouldn't go down the, the old Anglican cathedral and start booing people, would you? So we want to play Hey Jude and walk around clapping at a load of bricks. Hey, I mean, this is like we're going back to 1966 with people claiming that John Lennon is God and Paul McCartney is Jesus. Um, I thought we settled these Paul arguments. Paul McCartney died in a car ago. crash. Matt Letitia told me. Is that right? Yeah, he was replaced by a lookalike. Ah, interesting. Makes, makes you think. think. Makes you think. Yeah. Doesn't make you think. Uh, so Rafa's leaving the pitch or not? Is that right, but the, the bizarre thing about it is that, listen, we've got all this and he's on his, he's put his head down, the camera's with there of him, this is, he's got the 18-yard box and he's going up now, this is Leeds United, this is right by the come down here, they celebrated like they won the cup, and uh, listen, of course they survived, but this is, it's almost like tables turned, isn't it? It's quite funny, really, Billy, isn't it? You know, fair play to them. They, they played better than us today and they did what they needed to do. And we'd be celebrating like crazy if it was us. But they have just finished full from bottom, for God's sake. You know, it ain't that, that good. So when they look back at it, it's a very disappointing season for them. But, but they've done what they need to today. Let's celebrate. And I don't really have a problem with that. I wish they get off the fucking pitch, that's for sure. Um, so we can have our celebrations. But... <laughs> don't really have a problem with it, but went, did a 40-second monologue think, about why they did. I think he's the guy who told that absolutely rip-roaring anecdote about a Leeds fan in some services watching... A goal on his phone. It went well, on for ages. Also, we've got a, a thing here of them saying what they're celebrating for. They they finished fourth from bottom. They had a terrible season. I wish they'd get off the pitch so we can celebrate finishing 13th. <laughs> <laughs> like, people celebrate. It's about manners. Which is fair enough. If they, it's obviously it's their, their record-breaking best ever finish, isn't it? Um, they've never had a better season. Of course you want to celebrate that. We just avoided relegation on the final day in dramatic circumstances. We want to celebrate that. It's fine. So we just happen to be in the same place. But it's about manners though, isn't it? It is. And, uh, and, and making false equivalents between things. And somebody praying is apparently impolite. Mm. Uh, anyway. No God in Brentford. They were just here to watch the Leeds though, weren't they? We found out. Uh, we're all here to see Leeds get relegated. Let's, let's, you know, let's leave no doubt about that. But uh, at the end of the day, we've not quite, um, yeah, we're not quite delivered. And, you know, the most annoying bit is that we've got to tolerate another year of Leeds in the Premier League. Oh, I can't stand them, honestly. I really wish they'd gone down. But anyway, it is what it is. If they carry on as they are, they're going down next season. It's funny because I had similar thoughts, actually. I was thinking, oh, my God we as an established Premier League force have got mm. to tolerate another year of Brentford being in the Premier League. You know the shit away allocation? Yeah. What is it, 1,800 tickets? It's something. less than that, it's 1,700, because it's important to get your facts, isn't it? Got to be factually accurate, their capacity. You get, you get just for the record, you get 10% of, uh, of a stadium's capacity or 3,000 tickets, whichever is lower. Mm. So because they've got that tiny stadium, your away allocation is 1,725 as far as I'm aware. It's a bit impolite for them to build such a small stadium, isn't it? Yeah. And so it can't even accommodate not, you, all the people who want to go. Mate, have you seen the land, the land prices around Q, though? Very, very expensive. I mean, just share Loftus Road. Seems fair, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a much nicer stadium anyway, so I don't know why you, you uh, wouldn't want to do that. If they, if they don't want to tolerate the teams that are in the Premier League, don't be in the Premier League. <laughs> well, they, came, they, you know, they came up, just go back down again. It's easier if you don't like it. Other um, teams are more respectful. Mm. Certainly in the championship where you got to play Millwall. And it's all it's all about handshakes, isn't it? At Millwall. <laughs> Noted for it. Um, good manners at uh, Millwall. Well, we'll go from besotted to what I think is definitely Brentford's premier content creators. Bees Leave T- these two alone. They're lovely. I'm being sincere. Okay. Um, Bees TV. I found this one of the most fun watches that I've seen on propaganda all season. For anybody who wants to check them out, it's basically, it's two young lads. I think they might even be brothers, the pair of them. I can't, I can't quite tell. Like the kids on City Extra. 
Yes, and they're just adorable. They're clearly just starting out in what it is. They've obviously seen other like TV channels like Arsenal Fan TV and other outside the stadium kind of talking head bits. And they're doing that and they're building their channel and it sounds like they're having a bloody lovely time. I just I found this adorable. It's brilliant. I mean, they want it more than we did. Like that that's the bottom line. We didn't need it. They did. I can't yeah. Man of the match today. My man of the match, and annoyingly, Calvin Phillips. Yeah, Leeds, they did really well. They did play really well around us. I mean, Phillips, for one, he's straight on attacker. That's all I can yeah. really say for him. Brentford, man of the match. Brentford, man of the match. Well, this is this is where it gets easier. Um, I'm going to have to say Canos. <laughs> <laughs> what a brilliant... I, I mean... You can't, the stats don't lie. Four minutes, goal, two yellows. Second one, I didn't even see it because we were celebrating. We thought Burnley had scored. Everyone around me was cheering. Nope, it was for Man City. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why were, yeah. <laughs> Why were Brentford fans cheering Man City scoring? Confused. Unless there was just someone said... Just a, oh, a ripple of the score going around or something like... It's 3-2. They've scored or something. I mean, it's difficult to try and pass that because I completely forgot... Man City and Liverpool were even playing on Sunday, so it, I don't know why it would enter anybody's I consciousness. Guess it might have been because the Man City fans in the Brentford people support, support a big yeah, team, two, and, a big yeah. team, and the local team, my Premier League team, and my lower league team. Yeah, yeah, so maybe, yeah. maybe there's that. Going. I have absolute respect for the whoever is uh, as those two is nominating Sergio Canos. As well. <laughs> it was, that's it, how it's done. That was the younger lad, and he was just having a good laugh. He's just having they're having a great time, and that's why I found it so uh, so it's wholesome. Good Basically. appreciation of, um, of how Calvin Phillips played as well. I just enjoyed the little, when they hit dead ends and they realise and they kind of go, so, yeah. <laughs> it's just great. And I wish them all the best uh, best luck in the world. And then this clip, then this is about Raya's mistake, what it said about the game overall, and then some thoughts on the season. Unlucky as well for David Raya, who, whose mistake led yeah, to mean, the first that, goal. That was a shocking mistake. His mistake kept them up. I know. It's hard, I mean, kept leads up. They did score the goal in the end, but yeah, it's out of character for him. Probably stopped the pass and then went in for the shit tackled. I mean, it kind of sums up the whole game, doesn't it? Yeah. They've been pressuring us from start to finish, and then when they have the ball, they can play it around the back and frustrate. And Jesse Marsh came with a plan, and they executed it to perfection. And in fairness, Leeds fully deserve that today. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, but that's not what we're focusing. We're focusing on we are Premier League next year. We are Premier League. Um. No matter how much Leeds world chance, we still did finish above them. Um. Hey. I've got to say one thing, though. Some of the language in that, I want to apologise to our listeners. He, when he, he described uh, David Rare as executing a, well, I don't say it, but a, a poo tackle. Um, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to be hearing language like that from these nice young men. I know it, it may look cool on Arsenal fans TV, and there was, there was a bit of that in the background as well when they were kind of jeering. I enjoyed the self-effacing that um, attitude, the, the self-effacing stuff as well. And that was great. Um, it's what it's all about, isn't it? Stuff like yeah, being able to laugh at yourself. Manners. Yeah. Ma- manners, but but banter. And it. very fair about Leeds as well. Um, magnanimous in defeat and but saying the, that we uh, executed the game plan perfectly. Yeah. At the moment, they've got 656 subscribers on YouTube and I would hope they get a lot more yeah, than that. Because they're uh, great. Soon because they're doing it well. On to away days then. Who is this, Michael? He's a... A popular YouTuber. does right. got loads and loads of subscribers, this lad. I've seen him do bits before, but he is a Leeds fan. Oh, good. He was in the, I didn't say Brighton, Brentford end. Yeah. <laughs> they all blur into one, don't they? These, right, uh... right next to the Leeds fans, which was... The, Brent, the Brenton end. The, the Brenton end. 
making it seems online no one around him was furious but people online are furious in that the same way that you know people want us to be uh, publicly flogged for making fun of of a stadium people online are really crossed about this and, and think he should have had his head kicked in but everyone around him just let him get on with it with little red riding hood not actually in the ground to, <laughs> oh. to deal out a beating i just want to say that did you notice when um when jackie's goal went and if you look behind the goal the number of people who jumped up clearly leads leads fans in there and it's great <laughs> Excellent. So this is um, this is just for the the audio of Leeds scoring the goal and a bit of singing. So this is what it was like to be there as a Brentford fan next to the Leeds, right fan. next to it. And you can I like it in the right at the start of it. You can hear the corner and Jackie's shot. You get a nice thump of ball. Oh, I love which a good is, is this like a Jive Bunny style mega mix then? <laughs> yes. I love a thump of ball. fans doing that singing. Yep, it was. Oh, the, right. and, then, and singing it in the way that everyone sings rocking all over the world, which is, and here we go, here we go, here we go. Here we go. Rocking all over the world. Why were we celebrating and singing though? Because we only stayed up. I can't remember why. Maybe next Beating year, Brentford, if we finish as high as 13th, we can have a party then. We will be. We will have a party permit. That's the, the level at which you've... Yeah, yeah. Lucky thirteenth, right? Okay, and this is right. This is ESPN Brazil. Um, I know it was uh, Rafinha, the man of the man of the day, but not his goal because it was a penalty. I really, I really enjoyed these as well because we obviously get um, like Martin Tyler and stuff like that blathering on, and Gary Neville whining in our ears with his mank accent and stuff. This is how the rest of the world enjoys it. Harrison, justamente un ex Manchester City, a los 48 minutos del segundo tiempo, convierte el gol de la salvación para que apriete el puño Jesse March, para que festejen todos en el Road. El equipo de los Whites se queda en la Premier. Lo hizo Harrison, Leeds 2, Brentford 1, en un final inolvidable para Leeds. Dramatico. <laughs> Dramatico. Dramatico. That was brilliant. I think we got the same sort of vibes, but it just sounds so much better when delivered in Portuguese, doesn't it? It was like the former Man City yeah. man has scored the goal yeah. to keep them in the Premier League. You can sort of piece They'll be together. celebrating at Elland Road next season. De la White. <laughs> Jesse Marsh. Just get Dramatico. 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 Reminds me of the fast show, wasn't it? Scott yeah. show at the end. So that's Brentford. Right, on to uh, the wider world of propaganda. Obviously, because we weren't the only ones playing on the final day of the Premier League season. Uh, I don't know if you know, we were down for relegation at one point. We started the mm. day in the relegation spots. Finished in 17th. No cause for celebration, obviously. No. 
but it did mean that Burnley were relegated, which is sad for That's them. That's a cause for celebration. Yes. So this this is... Well, let, let's start with Burnley's in-house commentaries. This this is like their Bryn and Tony. It's quite a long clip, is this? But it, it I, somehow... Got, I'm going to enjoy this, aren't I? It somehow still feels stressful. I still feel like Burnley are going to score for the majority of it, which is... It's kind of them... It's Brentford equalising, them having chances, and then and then at the end, but... It's great when you, when you know what the payoff is. It's great, isn't it? Horrible. <laughs> it's still stressful. <laughs> We've, we've got one back and it was exceptional playing. We've had the full pressure on yes! since. Yes! Brentford are level! Brentford, Brentford one, leads one. Brentford are level. Now then, Burnley only need one goal. Right. That's better. 13 minutes, we need wow. one goal. Wow. The crowd, the crowd now. just heard it. The Carlos with the header. And we should have substantial added on time here. Literally, that now went around like a ripple. Look at that. Everybody back on their feet again now saying, come on, they're going to practically suck the ball in the goal at But this we've got rate. to get on with the game. The referee's got to get a bit stronger here. Jack Look Cork is Jack waving Cork. his arms saying, come on, get behind us. Come on, Burnley, you've got to get the next He's goal through. here. Bonds Bonds through. with a chance here. Into the middle. Oh! Record. Oh, was so close. It was inches. He went right across oh. the, the, the right across the goal. I mean, literally, he was a boot away from putting it in the back of the net. Dubravka's uh, now on the floor. He's injured now. They're all injured. Dear God. Is there a player that's not injured on the Newcastle side? Trying to slow the game down, trying to break it up because they know the relentless pressure that he's on from Burnley at the moment means we're going to break through and get a goal and get the equaliser here. They are literally sitting down at every opportunity here. I think it's almost over here, I'm afraid. <laughs> Murphy goes past Taylor, going to the byline. He's got Wilson in the middle and can seal it. Good save. Now can Burnley get it forward? It's literally seconds. It's Everyone. literally seconds. Go it's got to go forward from McNeil now. It's got to get it forward, taking his man on. It's going to be a Newcastle throw, and I'm afraid that might be that. Leeds have scored oh. at Brentford. Leeds are staying up. They've scored at Brentford. Brentford one, Leeds two. I'm afraid it's, it's over, over for Burnley. It's all over. All over for the Clarets. Leeds have got the win at Brentford. And Burnley have gone down here 2-1 to Newcastle. And that is the final whistle. And Burnley, I'm afraid, are relegated. It's been a real, real fight. They took it to the last day. But Burnley are down to the championship, I'm afraid. It's been a real battle. But Burnley, I'm afraid, are down. The hope in their voices, willing it, sucking it into the goal. I like imagining the contrast with the, um, the little Twitter video that Ben Mee filmed on Monday, where he's sat in his house going... Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Don't know what to say, but uh, sorry. Also, I think I'll just leave. Given the he style didn't of, say that, but you definitely go. <laughs> given the style of play that Burnley have employed as well forever, the fact that they're getting so cross about people like shit housing it as well mm. is is a nice bit of poetic justice, I suppose, for the for the final get Premier League game they have as well. When he's talking about them fighting until the very end, they didn't. I mean, I've not managed to find. I was quite intrigued if I'd been able to find a, a source where I was going to watch that match because it sounded fun. But all the stats and stuff from the first half, they did nothing. Mm. One corner. I think they, second half it picked up. Yeah, but it had to. Mm. But if that's your... And I don't know if they're going to... If they, they have a whinge about um, having to play on Thursday night, but that's because of their COVID call-offs earlier in the season, which, you know, we ended up losing 4-1 to Arsenal because we 
we played a, yeah. a bunch of teenagers out and their equivalent game they got a point at um, Aston Villa that they thought was going to be really significant for them and then they just opened the game against uh, Newcastle and rubbish so good <laughs> <laughs> well they were being quite positive talk BFC Less so. This is the young lad who was, I think he said he was really drunk the other week. I, can't remember, I, can't remember. I think he was going through their games the other week going, so we'll lose that, we'll lose that, we'll lose that. They did better than expected. They got a point at Philip, but they did lose the other ones. But he was he's less impressed with Burnley's efforts this season. It was bloody appalling, wasn't it? We played awful. We played awful. So, so shocking that it would seem like we were, we were already safe. You know what I mean? It seemed like we were already safe. The way we were playing, absolutely shocking football by us. And I, I saw a quote, and it perfectly sums up. If you can't get a result at home, but your rivals can get a result away in a game where you both need to really win, then you deserve to go down. And it's true. Leeds, with all the injuries, the red cards, everything going against them, they still put up a good old, a good old scrap. And that, that's all that they did, and they did it well. Fair play to them. Fair, you've got to rate that. Whereas we at home sold out, sold out crowd on the back foot. A whole first half, second half picked up a little bit, but shocking, absolutely shocking. He sounds hungover, doesn't he? Maybe he stopped drinking. And he, that sounds like the morning after, doesn't it? He sounds really sad. The self-loathing is something to note. I think in that this idea that we deserve to stay up, like if we were only a goal or two away from mm. the roles being reversed there, and we'd have been indulging in all the self-loathing and saying. Oh, well, Burnley, they do this every year. They're now to fight their way out of it. They had enough at the end. Isn't it funny? Football's mm. stupid. I wondered, <laughs> I wondered if the uh, the way everything kind of fell in the last couple of weeks worked in our favour in the end of like the order of who went above who and all that stuff. Because we knew on the final day we had to win. It was the only hope, really, because you couldn't rely on messing about with the draw and stuff. It was go to Brentford and win. Whereas what he seems to be suggesting is that Burnley took to the field thinking point will do it even if we lose we'll, we could be okay because Leeds won't win so there's that kind of like lack of focus and um, and you know we want credit for Jesse Marsh his um, uh, he was showing them he said in that video that he showed them a video of their last minute winners and stuff and really got them just focused on the idea of just go and win and I think that helped us in the end where maybe if we'd have been in Burnley's position on the final day of being like oh well we could lose and still stay up we might not have got the performance that we did do so it's just kind of the way everything kind of stacked up towards the end meant that we took to the pitch with clarity mm -hmm. and with a match plan and with one aim in mind and with the motivation and uh the head full of gandhi that's just said just fucking win the match that's what i was um getting at i think in the run-up to this and i might be you know fitting the the narrative to suit the evidence and uh, reverse engineering this but i did wonder being away from ellen road and needing to win your task is a singular one then isn't mm. it and you'd obviously not got the whole anxiety of 36,000 people transmitting it onto the players at Ellen Road. You're obviously somewhere. I mean, it's still a very, very fierce atmosphere at Brentford, mm. particularly you know, when they're singing the Beatles, things like that. That's, mm. uh, I mean, the, the griffin is a, it's a big bird, isn't it? Mm. Claws. Uh, no, I used to be frightened of the Midland Bank. Yes, we, that was the one before HSBC. Maybe they can move it? on to Wings next year mm. the, for the playlist. Yeah. Stick with the Beatles, the birds, all that sort of stuff. Excellent. Um, but yeah, no, I think maybe it, the, the fixtures maybe suited us on the final day more than them when they've got that home. Because I was listening to it on the radio, like on um, it was Talk Sport when I was driving back from my dad's over on the on the east coast, 
uh, while the game was on and I switched it over to Radio Leeds when I got within range of it but it was talk sport for a bit and they were obviously going back and forth between the grounds and when they went to, to Burnley they did say like the crowds turned a little bit here like the, the anxiety started to seep up into the players and it's funny how that can, that can happen isn't it? It's hilarious. It is really <laughs> it's really funny Moscow. It is. We, we made it didn't we? How the other half lived then? Man City it turns out were playing and they won the league title which I'd, I would have probably enjoyed this as a spectacle, the whole back and forth with Liverpool, because there was some rumours going around Liverpool that Man City had gone back to 3-3, wasn't it? Which was funny, kind of equal to, mm. to the rumours that were going around that maybe there'd been another goal at Turf Moor or whatever, you know, all the stuff we've heard. Not asked about this. One of the best finishes to a Premier League season ever. Not asked. We are we are bothered about the lads on City Extra, though, aren't we? Because they're great. Because we've, we've grown to like them. I'm emotionally invested in these two now. And what's the defining characteristic of their relationship, Moscow? Is the the little brother who I don't think they are actually related, but just always agrees with everything that his big brother says, and he's always like, "Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, oh, you're dead right. I was about to say that." Well, let's see if it continued into the final day. This is them going two nil down. Another chance here. Oh. Two nil. Two nil. 2-0, man. I didn't even fucking see it because Sky keep on showing me something in an irrelevant football match in Tottenham where they're already 2-0 up and I'm seeing Son and we've lost 2-0. That's it. I think the title's over. I think Liverpool will come back and win that and I think we've fucked it. We've fucking fucked it. We've fucked it. We've absolutely, royally fucked it. We've fucked it. We've absolutely fucked it. I think we've fucked the league, lads. Uh, just when you think they're finished. Great. <laughs> Every time he says it, agree with him. <laughs> Great stuff. Anyway, they won the league, so yeah, they'll, they'll be all right in the long run, won't they? Good another, for them. Another sports washing success story. <laughs> Bring it on! Don't we love the Premier League? Liverpool fans were really surprisingly all right about it. I went on to find some of them being furious, but they were kind of like, "Ah, fair play." When you're up against Man City, aren't you? You expect them to win um, against Villa, even though they made hard work of it. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, there you go. Propaganda done for this season. It's been it's been fun at times. Uh, at other times, not so much. Yeah, let's win some more games next year. That does make all of it a lot easier, doesn't it? If we can upset... I mean, who's coming up? Um, so it's going to be either Forest or Huddersfield. Neither of them like us. We've got mm. Bournemouth who've come up. Fulham. Fulham. So, I mean, they're both... Bournemouth lovers, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Long-standing friendship mm. there. Yeah. Um, Have we still got the banner? I think I think so. It'd be nice if we could actually play there on a weekend rather than the uh, the obvious midweek round of fixtures. I'm going to predict that we... You know, the, the Amazon round of fixtures that happens in... Dis- oh, no, it's not because we've got the World Cup. So oh, they yeah. can't do it, can they? But just we'll, put we'll, us opening day of the season away at Bournemouth. Come on, yeah, nice, come on, nice, Premier League. A nice sunny day. <laughs> Let us have a go. <laughs> It'll be fine this time. Different oh, times. We've been we've been there plenty of times in the past. Yeah, yeah on a Tuesday. Yes. Yeah, we're we're very well behaved. Yeah, we've all grown up since then. And yeah, Fulham. Um, that's always a decent away day, isn't it? It's good fun. Their fans are fairly uh, fairly safe. It's very similar in in tone to mm-hmm. to Brentford, isn't it? Really. Forest would be good because they've at least got a stadium big enough to fit like more than two away fans. So um, that'll be good for so that fans of other teams actually have a don't essentially have to just skip a game during the season. <laughs> skip a game. Well, this is it. You 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 book down like oh we can have full allocation. Get tickets these, to that one. Maybe all that these one. grounds, yeah. And then there's one match. Oh, I, no. I cannot go and watch my football team there because the ground isn't big enough. Right, there you go then. That's propaganda for this season. A season in which we preserved our Premier League status. Not a Easily. Cause, not a cause for celebration. With uh, with room to spare. What is it, about four points? Five, six? We stayed up by in the end? Something like that, Moscow. Um, propaganda will return in its present form anyway, particularly with the away clips. We can do that properly next season, can't mm. we? Because we've got plenty of fan channels. I look forward, more than anything, to hearing the progress that Bees TV make over the next 12 months. 
and how their style develops for when we play them next. <laughs> It'll be all CGI by next year, I reckon. No, it'll probably be, um, if they do have a season like ours next season, they'll probably be heroin addicts by this time next year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great bunch of lads, excellent content creators, uh, Beast TV, best of luck, lads. And we'll um, we'll see you on the other side then. Enjoy the summer break. More propaganda will return for the 22-23 Premier League season. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. 